Welcome to Toast of Lavender. I am one of your hosts, Alex. My pronouns are she and her. Today, we're having a fun sharing beer situation. So, And a sharing hosting situation. Yes, it's, oh, it's really share, fun. Share. I'm Lisa. My pronouns are she, her. And I am your other host tonight. Hi, I'm Kai, and my pronouns are he, him. Hi, I'm Lindsay, and my pronouns are she, her. Shout out to Kirsten for bringing us some bomb-ass beer from Colorado, and we're all drinking a pair of beers from Jagged Mountain Craft Brewery in Colorado, and it's a collaboration with Woods Boss. And these pair of beers are called... She said, he said, and vice versa, she said, he said. And there's a post, there's a picture of them on our Instagram. They have very fun labels. And you said they're like the same beer except for the hops. Yes. The hops are different in the he said versus the she said. So what is, what is this, the she said hops? Sativa and Zamba. And sativa is not spelled the way you think it is. It's not sativa. It's sit. Sit. Eva. Sativa. And zamba, not like zumba. And then in the other beer, it's sultana and strata. And I know strata, but the rest of the three are very new to me. So I'm excited. Anyways. Try um, this beer. Yeah, what one do you guys like better? I don't know. They're both really They're good. They're both really good. They're not that different. They're mm-hmm. not that different. If I'm barely able to tell the difference, if yeah. I'm being completely well, he honest. He said, she said, she said, he said. They're both delicious. Maybe that's sorry. why that's the name. Really yes. sorry to Jagged Mountain and Woods Boss Brewing. We we like your beers, but we can't tell. We them can't apart. really. The cans are cool because it looks like a. A king and a queen, like, like a suit, face, cards, like flip face cards. There yes. you go. On each can, they're very fun. Cans. It's a cool I like label the art. design, yeah. and it's it's a good beer, and it's eight point two percent. Really? So cheers. So we're gonna <laughs> yeah. have a great podcast tonight. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're um, here. We're queer. We're drinking beer. We are. Cheers. Cheers. Um, can we also take a moment to cheers to Bruce? Shout out, Bruce! Our, our first ever patron, and that's just very exciting. It made all of our day today to see thanks, that somebody Bruce. had yeah, signed thanks, up to be a Patreon. So. If you'd like to support our show, you can find all the links on our bio on our Instagram, Toasted Lavender Podcast. Our show will always be free, so just know that. But if you'd like some fun little bonuses... Stickers, stickers, t-shirts, show notes, extra bonus fun clips from our outtakes and silliness. Yeah, check out our Patreon. And videos too drunk to put out in the world. We are going to be sending Bruce a really nice welcome gift. Welcome to our podcast friendship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being our number one fan. Our only fan. Our only fan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we're just really excited about that. It p- 
put a little pep in our step today, I think collectively. Great. Thanks, Bruce. So the subject of today's podcast episode is our own flavor of queer TV and movie club. So we picked a couple of TV shows that have made an impact in our lives recently, and we mentioned them on episode four, actually, on our um, This Year in Queer, This Half Year in Queer. My topic of choice is the Umbrella Academy. So I, (laughs) I picked up a couple of queer things that I felt were relevant to talk about. The first thing that I wanted to touch on is that it's going to get a little sticky because Elliot Page, the human being, and Vanya, the fictional character, have different pronouns. Fair enough. So I'm going to do my very best. I feel like I took pretty good notes. And you're pretty sober right now. so I'm relatively sober. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I want to go first. <laughs> Elliot describes himself as a transgender non-binary person, which I knew somewhere deep in my mind that that was the case, but I think I've referred to him as a trans man, and maybe that's not completely accurate. So there's, I think there's that, fact number one. Yeah, I think every person has a different label that they feel comfortable with. So. Yes. Yeah. And then he's also <laughs> referred to himself as like a trans guy, etc. My quick um, rewind on the general plot of the show is that it's based on a comic series by Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance and someone named... Is there something you'd like to say? I just wanted to say shout out to Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. That's all. Shout That's out all I have to, to say. Gerard Way. Kai has a very personal relationship. <laughs> what is that? 2003? Yeah, probably 2005, I want to say, is when that album came out. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Um, and also someone named Gabriel Ba. I don't know if I pronounced Shout it right. Shout out, Gabriel. I don't know who you are, but yeah, cheers but to you. Cheers to you. And it's a sort of superhero themed drama and it's on Netflix. Um, season one had two Emmy nominations and season two had four Emmy nominations. Wow, I did not know that. Um, I didn't write down what they were nominated for, but it was like costume and music and et cetera. I get the music. Yeah, yeah. the music yeah. in yeah. that show was really good. Yes. I agree. It was also nominated for a couple dozen other awards and recognition and won a few of those, but they weren't really big-time award things. While we're at it, know that there will likely be spoilers. Oh, this is spoiler. Spoiler It's full spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, I think you could still enjoy what what we want to talk about, but... If you want to, you know, pause. experience Go it. watch both seasons and then come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's we'll see you. you in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't think you have to know it. No. Necessarily. You don't need to know it, but just please don't be episode. offended yeah. by the spoilers that are Spoiler alert. forthcoming. I have 
been doing some Googling every couple weeks to figure out when season three is coming out. Have you gotten an answer yet? Eh, kind <laughs> of. Um, they're still filming season three as of July 2021. And we will probably see it on Netflix summer or fall of 2022. Damn. Oh, wow. So we have a ways to go. <sighs> well, I'm glad we're talking about this just now. It's going to be like, uh, just like buffing out like Hulk by then, probably. Just like, probably. Just, He's just going to wear like a Batman suit. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the new <laughs> Umbrella Academy. Probably. You know the Batman suit. Yeah. <laughs> With like the nipples. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and the abs. Is that Batman the nips forever? And the abs. Yeah, the- oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the We're pretty sure there will also be a season season 4. Okay, so it's a it's still going for a minute. Yeah, there's okay. More than likely to at least two more seasons. But if you're a listener this. and you're up to season 2, you're you're totally prepared. You're for good this. to go. The first thing that I'm going to mention is Vanya, because, of course. Of course, Vanya is what we need to talk about. Vanya is one of the superhero siblings who was raised to believe that she actually did not have any superpowers. However, we learn that she is actually the most powerful of all the siblings and ends up destroying the world. Spoiler it's not it's not good for earth. And that's like both seasons, right? Uh yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Like each season kind of crescendos into her doing a big old Yes. End big booty world. big old end. 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 World end. Okay. Yes. Got it. <laughs> um So she has super spooky powers that are unleashed when she's uncontrollably emotional. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? And we have no real clues about her sexual orientation or gender identity, but she's definitely very androgynous. She is certainly very androgynous. And I will it. circle back to that. Okay. Um, in season one, she's dating a guy who ends up being a yucky, gross manipulator. In season two... She has destroyed the world, and all the siblings have traveled back in time to 1960 to 1963 in Dallas, Texas. And Vanya has no memory of her past life and ends up hanging out with a family who takes her in and cares for her. Yada, yada, yada. She falls in love with the mom, whose name is Sissy, which I think is Mm. weird. Pretty gay. That's putting it lightly. I think it's a weird name. But it's probably very 1963 Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And there are definitely uh, a lot of feelings both ways on that. They really have a connection. And it's 1963. Sissy cannot break away from her abusive husband in any sort of satisfactory way. They talk about it, but... What are they going to do? And Elliot has said in interviews that this is the first time Vanya has fallen in love. Like truly. Like in canon, this is like the first time that Vanya has fallen in love with another person. What? Who's that guy? Carl or whatever. The husband? No. Oh, season one, the manipulator. 
Oh. Uh, he was scary. He was the villain. He yeah. was he was quite a villain. I forgot his name. Like Montrell or <laughs> Montrell. Oh. Leonard Peabody. Leonard mm. Peabody. Fuck you. Leonard Peabody. Forever. <laughs> Leonard is Vanya's love interest In that apparently one. Vanya yes. did not love as much. It wasn't as a true. Sissy. It wasn't, it wasn't love. a true love interest. It was interest. a like it was supportive the first partnership. That paid attention to her. Yes. yes, that is. So She's true. like, yeah, he likes me, and I really like that. So everyone else has ignored me my whole life. Yes. Right. I found it interesting that Vanya just kind of goes with the flow regarding her romantic feelings towards other people from season to season. And that in season two, there wasn't really, it didn't seem like there was a lot of struggle within Vanya to get with Sissy. I don't know. I, it's interesting to me. Well, what I remember is that Vanya, like, took an interest in Sissy's kid, who seemed to be troubled. Well... Which sort of ties into, like, Vanya's character. Right, and we don't have to go too deep into it, but Harlan is the child's name, and Harlan is, like, not a neurotypical child and needs additional care. And so Vanya's kind of babysitting him, but Vanya does connect with him. There's a connection. That's all I'm trying to say is like, I felt like that's how Vanya like got the in. Yes. She and was then like, Sissy was like, oh, this other woman I is love taking paying attention to my, my child and his own father For doesn't sure. pay and of course that attention. would be attractive in a partner. Of course that yeah. would be attractive in a partner. The other character that I wanted to mention is Klaus. And Klaus has been described as non-binary and pansexual by the actor who plays him. And he wasn't written that way in the script originally. But the actor and the, I think maybe the director kind of decided that it was better to incorporate some kind of gender non-conforming aspects of the actor's life and characteristics into the fictional character class. To make it a little more relatable or Like zazz it up, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know if the actor is queer? The actor... I saw a thing that, like, he was queer, but then I saw a thing where he says he's heterosexual and maybe there's some sort of like overlapping circles there but um he certainly does some like gender bendy fashion he played the role well yeah who's do we know his name like his real name i did and then i didn't write it down that's okay that's all right and Klaus is seen wearing one of his sister's skirts in one of the initial episodes. And like as a child, as a child, right? No. Oh, okay. As an adult, okay, it's I, after it's, they come I, back to the house and it's after five comes back to their timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want to know his name? Yes. Robert Sheehan. That sounds pretty familiar. <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> um, so his sibling, Five, the sibling's name the is The dead five. one? No. Sorry. Who's the dead one? Ben. 
sibling number six. Five's the badass little Five kid is in the tuxedo. Kid. Oh, right. <coughs> the old man in a child's yeah. body. Yes. yes, yes, yes. So, Five genuinely compliments Klaus on his skirt, which was nice to see because it wasn't made into like a sarcastic joke of like, hey, nice skirt, weirdo. Mm-hmm. Right. It or was more like, thing. hey, nice skirt. And then Klaus's sister, whatever her name was, uh, Agatha? No, Abby. I don't know. Who are you talking about? The sister. The other Allison? sister, Allison. Allison. Agatha, Abby, Allison. Jesus. We got there. <laughs> Allison? Allison. It's Allison's skirt. And she said something like, why are you wearing, my skirt? Are you wearing my skirt? And he was like, well, it was out. Or, you know, et cetera. It wasn't really made into a big deal. It was just kind of like a, you got a little flare of Klaus in an early episode. A flare? Yes. And his superpower is seeing and hearing dead people, but he uses drugs and alcohol to suppress this ability most of the time. God, who wouldn't? Yeah, for real. Right. I, I know I would. He could just see ghosts. Yeah, that would be really fucking insane. And yeah. it's so intense. Like, those scenes when he does see the ghosts, it's like yeah. you feel a lot of empathy towards his character. Right. You're like, yes, use as many drugs as you can He's a tortured soul. That's, like, really the... Storyline there. So season two ends with all the siblings going forward in time from 1963. And they discover that they are in an alternate or altered timeline. They have affected the future in some way. And there are different siblings in the house that they grew up in. And it's called Sparrow Academy. There are totally different actors that are involved. We don't really know them yet, but the main point is that they flash forward into this timeline and meet um, some bizarro versions meet of a bizarro, themselves. Yes, meet some bizarro versions of themselves. Or the new then. Mm, it's not them. Because what happens is they've altered their timeline or they're in an alternate timeline where their dad picks different babies. Oh. But he still picks them. But I he guess still that's picks my them. point. Is he doesn't pick the same babies. Right. So they're think, different people. Okay. That was my point was just that like this still occurs where there is an academy. There's still an academy. There's still like babies that are chosen for just, whatever reason. Right. But it's not the same people, it's different people. Right. Okay. Different people. It's still a same a similar experience. Right. Okay. Yes. Um the important point is that we see Vanya is still Vanya as we know her uh, in this flash forward. And so we can't really count on a time travel related change in her gender presentation in the future. I'm so interested to see how they're going to do this. And I think they're going to handle it sensitively. I think so. Because they changed from the previous name to Elliot Page, even in the former seasons. Yes. And so I wonder... It was pretty immediate, um, the change, when Elliot came out in December of 2020. Um, 
And in my mind, I remember there being um, some kind of pressure from fans. And maybe it was just like the one day because it was only one day. But there was like one day where fans were like, what's going to happen with Vanya? Is Elliot going to play Vanya? And and Elliot is and Elliot, going to play yes, Vanya. And Elliot was like, well, I hope they have <clears throat> me back. And then the next day it was confirmed that he will be back as Vanya. So none of I us know what's going to happen. I thought it was more drawn out than 24 hours, but I guess I'm not. sure that there's a lot of contractual things happening too. That's like, I know I Elliot only, had contractual things, right? Like, yeah, I will only resume this role if, X, Y, and Z is met. I'm Mm -hmm. sure that's a thing. Um, So here's my big question, number one. Since we already know that Elliot is involved in filming season three of Umbrella Academy, because I've personally verified this, as Vanya, like as the Vanya character with, as far as we know, like no changes into her gender identity... Um, how do you feel about the show portraying what is supposed to be, um, a cis female character with a trans person? Yes. Great. Oh man, I feel so weird about that. How many like straight people have played trans characters or any other identity of a character where there are probably actors that live that life that could have played that part and they choose to, you know, have some straight person. God, what a good question, Alex. That's a really good question. I think about um, Hilary Swank playing in Boys Don't Cry and, like, doing a fucking knockout job. Right. And then getting a ton of backlash from the trans community. And I'm not saying that that's not warranted, but it's like, why didn't you choose a trans-masculine person to play this role? And so this is very interesting to think of this in... It's the opposite. The other perspective... Kind of. And yeah. I and yeah, I mean, I hope that we are going towards a world where transgender human beings can be cast in any role, just like cisgender human beings. Because to be completely honest, I haven't even thought of the possibility, and I'm realizing now that I am totally just like living on a cloud. But I haven't even thought of the possibility that Netflix wouldn't bring. Elliot back in Vanya's role as some sort of like I assumed somewhere in my naive mind that the trans narrative would be a part of it but no it's it may not be and that's that's probably a good thing in a lot of cases do you feel like where you you have the trans lens do you feel like that could be triggering to for your job, have to revert back pre-transition. It would trigger the fuck out of me, I'll tell you what. 
It would trigger the fuck out of me. So I don't know. I but also it really comes back to what I said before of like the coin going both ways. Like cis people play trans actors all the time. So why can't trans actors play cis people? And I think eventually in a world that's a lot less focused on everybody's details and bits that maybe we get to a place where cis people play trans people and trans people play cis people and it's not a thing. But right now it's very, yeah, I would be triggered. I'm glad that you've taken it there because I have some further points to make. Okay. Sorry if I went on too long. Everything's cool. Um, I'm going to go to my first kind of side note, and then I'll come back to part of my the last half of my question. Um, so I've read on some, like, fan forum things, like on Reddit. Um, they, a lot of fans question Vanya's sexuality. And because she was very androgynous in season one, um, and then in season two, it's like all bets are off. Uh, Sissy's here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I did read in the what a quote. All yeah. bets are, are off. off. Sissy's, Sissy's here. here. <laughs> I read in the March 2021 Time magazine piece um, where we got to see photos of Elliot for the first time after his coming out and transition. Um, that he made, quote, made a masculine wardrobe a condition of taking roles. Yes. So in general, I think that's the case. I think that's the case for Umbrella Academy. And so maybe this androgynous viewpoint of Vanya is less of a showrunner's idea of what who Vanya is and more of like this is what Elliot has said that are his conditions of being in the show and there's a lot of money to be made by Netflix by having an Elliot Page as like their star I mean I'm not going to discount that absolutely that's probably a pretty big piece for them to accept. There's a lot of like firsts and yeah. media attention and And the backlash that Netflix would get by saying like, sorry, Elliot Page is no longer on the show. Right. Well, also, I feel like the script is very open for this type of character to be yes. able to come yes. in and have it feel natural to the show. And it kind of sounds like it was set up that way from the get-go. And I did read that um, at the end of season one, when Vanya is destroying the earth, um, and she's she turns into like the white violin, um, I don't devil, yeah, um, but is in like in the comics Captain Planet, yeah, it's like the reverse Captain Planet, yeah. Um, in the comics, Vanya is in like a really skin tight. Uh, like basically almost nude white leotard unitard oh. but in the show 
Vanya it's like a power is wearing. Suit. It's like a power suit, but it has like tails. It's like a tux and tails yeah, situation. Yeah. Well, okay. wasn't Vanya conducting an orchestra? Um, or she was like the lead chair of the violin club, right? And then yeah. her violin just started. Of, she was part of like this very prestigious orchestra. Yes. yes. So they were doing a big show, right? So it so, makes sense she'd be wearing that, right? So the last part of my first question is, well, Kai, I'm glad that you brought up the points that you did because there were definitely some gross and weird comments made by fans on like the Umbrella Academy subreddit. And that's the only thing that I read in real time. The comments were... After Elliot came out as trans, and there was some strong, turfy undercurrent to the sentiments. Like, it's not okay for someone who's trans to play a cis character. And what pronouns would we possibly use for Vanya? And we need to protect women's jobs. So uh, a woman needs to be playing a woman. Uh, that is so turfy. Yeah. Ugh. It's, yeah, but I think that a lot of, like, comic book and maybe, like, video game people kind of have some turfy... Inclinations. Inclinations. For sure. And it's mo- it's just, mm. like, I don't know. I don't want to be stereotypical because I know a lot of people that like video games that are not that way. Yeah. I, it's not every person that likes video games uh, in any way. It's just that when there are any type of non-cis man flavors into any piece of that universe, it's like this is bad. Like girls can't play video games and also like trans people can't be comic book people. Well, this is what's so that this is what's so disheartening about all of it is just what you said. Like when there's anybody other than like a cis white male character, there's anybody else and everybody else has to have an opinion and get on board and say, we aren't being represented. They're being overrepresented. Like it's like turns right. into this whole thing of like, we're women and we fought so hard to like be seen. And now this woman is trading in her woman card and screwing us over. <laughs> like it's. Yeah. <sighs> I, Gatekeepers. It's gatekeepy. It's, it's yeah. worse than gatekeeping. There's so much it's gatekeeping so going on. Yeah. And I heard a thing about how Can we all just adopt a hippie culture where we let go of the gatekeeping and we're all yes. just yes, we can here to love and be loved. When I was listening to Gender Reveal this morning, um, they very briefly talked about turfs in episode one, like the pre-episode. Oh, they wow. talked about a little vocabulary. Oh wow! Okay, I, it's been a long time since I listened to that very first segment. So it's fun and interesting. It. It's it's fine. It was like twenty minutes long or something. Yeah. Um, but they said that turfs are like mainly lesbians. Yeah, it is. Really? Yeah, turfs are mainly lesbians because it's like 
And this is what's interesting is it footed off of like the radical lesbians, which were once the Lavender Menaces. And they were like too. Yeah. Because my perception is it's mostly like cis women who want to be woke and be gatekeepy. And I understand that there's like a lesbian aspect to that, right? I didn't know that it was, like, mostly... What does TERF actually stand for? Again, what is TERF? Oh, God. Trans? Exclusionary. Exclusionary radical feminists. We kind of talked about this. Was it episode two or was it Lavender Queer? Two and three. We touched on TERFs, yeah. And there are, like, communities of lesbians that move into the... Into the farmlands and ban all male males. Even yeah. if there are babies born, they're like, mm, like sooner or later, this guy's got to go. Like I don't like that. So clearly, it was a yeah. It's a they clearly believe that right. the world is better. It's for mostly a lesbian thing. Really, it's mostly a radical lesbian thing. Well, I mean, who else are you gonna like? Hang out with and sleep with and be intimate I guess with. There's so much <laughs> like, to this, and I'm just woman. like, feel like okay, I have a volcano well, coming out of my we're mouth. We're gonna so. have to do a whole episode on turks, <laughs> yeah. and it's gonna be so gross. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we're <laughs> get but, excited for it, guys. <laughs> What's good is that we can like reference other episodes, and like we've, you know, this is a thing. This right. is something that there's a lot of, you know, things yeah. to say. Here's my big question number two. Do you think that the show writers will try to stray from the source material in order to create a non-cis subplot for Vanya? I hope that whatever happens, one way or the other, Elliot is in the conversation. I personally, as a fan, am fine either way as long as He's a part of He's deciding. a part of it, and, like, they're all happy with what direction it goes. Because I feel like that could get... That's where it could get yucky really fast, is if someone's uncomfortable with, like, what we talked about before. It's one thing if you're stoked as an actor to be playing a cis person and you're trans, but if that is extremely triggering to you, then that could be... Devastating. Like a no-go. Right. So, and I I feel confident that Elliot wouldn't do something that he is uncomfortable with at this stage of his career and having gone through this massive public transition. yeah. Right. So I hope that that is the direction that they're all taking it as from every level of production. Also, I feel like worth adding to that is that it's been very... Like, from the get-go, and I know I didn't start watching it right when it came out. We watched, we binged through the whole thing probably six months ago. So, it it had been out for a while, but, like, I felt a lot of, like, gender-bendy vibes right from the beginning. And I don't know if I was just looking for that or, but it felt like it was already kind of, that character was already kind of set up for that. So, I feel like they kind of have an easy path that even if Vanya continues on and doesn't 
transition or get, you know, transformed to a new dimension as a different gender or whatever, even if they stick with Vanya as a her, I feel like they've already set up a bendy path for Vanya. Yeah. So. I think that's a good way to look at it. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I I think it's going to be really interesting, and I think that I, I don't know anything about the comic books. Yeah, I don't. Right? Don't so you and I have been in a situation where we were watching The Walking Dead, like, pretty religiously in right. the beginning of The Walking Dead, and there was always a subject of conversation online about whether or not the next episode was going to follow the comic books or cause everybody was trying to predict what was going to happen next based on the comic books. And they were very popular comic books. And they were very popular. And so I don't know anything about the comic books for this particular show and like how far they'd have to stray from whatever storyline has it, already been written. Right. Yeah. That's already been written. So I don't know anything about the comic books either. So. I think that's an interesting thing. Yes. That they're going to have to consider, and, like, I don't really envy that if it's hard. Well, I... <laughs> but it's just part of the deal. All I know about the comics are what I learned, basically, from researching this topic and just kind of, like, browsing subreddits after I watch an episode or whatever. The second part to my question is, how do you feel when a show or a movie changes the gender identity of a character to match the actor more closely. Do you have an example? I don't feel like that. Um, Well, I talked about, I talked about Klaus, Um, Klaus, his storyline was made to kind of fit the actor a little bit more, but we don't know any other way. Where we, like, right. didn't read the comics. Yeah. Well, in the comics, his character is just, like... A druggy dude. Head. A druggy cis dude. Yeah, I think a druggy guy. Yeah. Um, but the show, the writers, they were worried about diversity in their casting at the time. So they kind of, like, let Robert bring some aspects of his own personality into the character... And, and I love that character. I think that was a really smart move because yeah. it's a really good character. I can't imagine it. Klaus in, in any, any other way, way really. Mm-hmm. He's really empathetic and, like, just relatable and yeah. sort of tortured. And yeah. I also think that directors letting, you know, or production team, whatever, letting whoever they have come together and decided, okay, these are going to be the people doing the roles for this show and letting them bring something of their own to the show is very, Why wouldn't it changes want it, right? everything like and strength. in the best possible way. Yeah. yeah I mean mm-hmm. that to me, that reminds me of like the L word and how Eileen Shacken like let them all come together and like, fill out who they were going to be. I learned that Alice, I learned from their podcast that Alice wasn't even going to be a character on the show. And then this person auditioned and they were like, Oh my God, we have to write a character for her. So it's like, but back to your question, 
I don't know. I don't feel like I know enough. I don't feel like I have enough examples of that happening. I hope there are more examples of that happening in the future, but I like I don't have enough examples that come up in my mind right away to weigh in on that. Yeah, I think the only thing that I had in my mind was like these two characters, Vanya and Klaus, where there's a precedent where they've changed Klaus's character a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and will they do the same with Vanya? Right. Like, would that make sense? I have no idea. It's a superhero. If super we were hero. super comic-y people, maybe we would have it's a better... It's a superhero yeah. movie. Like, yeah. But maybe. also, like, where her, her character's already established. Yeah. It'd be one thing if Klaus was established as, like, a cishet character, and then suddenly he's this gender-bendy queer. Yeah. But, but where they just set him up that way. Where they the set get-go. him up that way. So I think it'll be really interesting to see yeah. what happens with Vanya's character, because... That character's already been established. Well, and I thought that it was, like, it didn't leave them with a lot of options when, at the very end of season two, like, you see Vanya, and only for a moment when they go to the Sparrow Academy, um, but maybe that's going to play a part. Like, they flash forward in time, and uh, it's an alternate reality, and Vanya appears to be Vanya as we know her. And maybe in season three, it's just kind of like a, there's like a little trans subplot that maybe isn't They kind of go backwards. Maybe they go backwards in time. Maybe they like try to. And they're like. Fill in and weave the storylines together. Yeah. And you know what? To that point, now is the time to do that. Like as a a producer, like that. Would be a great yeah. decision to make because think, that's... I don't think it would be too far-fetched to have it be like, okay, Vanya blew up the world twice as a woman. Right. Maybe right. it makes sense for Vanya to feel more comfortable transitioning and they show like that transition. Right. And they become way. harmonious with maybe themselves it, instead yeah, of maybe feeling the need to blow up the world. <laughs> Who knows? Like, inner... Turmoil. Because she just like bottles up her emotions, and that's right. As soon as she like stops taking drugs, she can unleash like this I world feel like ending the power. Plot is there? I, think I don't think it's going to be that hard. I to think they'll have so many opportunities. To yeah, I think I you're too. right, Lindsay. What do you yeah. think that Vanya's name would be if there Not was a transition? Vanyo. I think it's Vanyo. Vanyo. Oh my god. I I think maybe like Van Van Vance. Vance? Vance? Vance, Vince, all right. Okay. I like that better than Vanyo. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry, I'm just conjugating over here. My Spanish I know you're conjugating. <laughs> Here's my very last rabbit hole that I went down today is casting trans actors in cis roles. And there's been a push for that from an actors union called Equity um, to have more trans actors in cis roles as well as trans roles. Um, Elliot Page's case is very unique because he is mid-role when he came out as trans and actively transitioning. Um, One of the articles that I read today mentioned something about invisible diversity. Hmm. Where you don't 
need to hire someone to be like the token diversity hire, but you're just being inclusive in who you're hiring and who's best for whatever role. And, and imagine that you're just hiring who's best qualified, regardless of how they identify. Any other factors. What a world to live in. (sighs) And yeah, I said, if a person is playing a character, like if you're acting, then why would it matter if you're trans or cis, if they fit the role? And there are plenty of cis actors that have portrayed trans people in film and TV. And that is fine. However, Scarlett Johansson. Hot. As. <laughs> fuck? As who? No. Oh. Who is Scarlett? <laughs> I, we I, rem- I, I know where you're going with this, and I'm Do very you? reeled in. I'm Do reeled you? in. Okay. It's the, is it the Avatar thing? Mm-mm. The avatars thing. Okay, what is it? I'm ready. I'm Black ready for Widow? it. No, Lisa and I are no, no, no. the same vibe. We're, yeah. we're off comic books. <laughs> okay, so Scarlett Johansson. I think this was 2018. I'd have to open up some links, and I don't want to do that. Um, Scarlett Johansson was cast in a film called Rub and Tug. Oh. To Excuse play me, what year? 2018. Wow, very recently. Um, to play a trans man. His name is Dante Tex Gill. Oh my, oh my that's God. quite the name. Dante Tex Gill. Does that remind you? <laughs> it reminds me of a lot of different things. Shout out to Gill. Hey, Gill. Shout out to Tex over yeah. here. <laughs> hey, Tex. Sorry, Tex. this is Tex. You're Tex. What are, what's you? What are Roy. you? Roy. Roy. Roy Tex and Gill. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, Who the hell's Dante? What a thing. Let me just Dante? tell you. I don't. <laughs> Blanche can be Dante. Blanche is Dante. Is that Dante? Sure. Yeah, Blanche is Dante. There was a lot of backlash from the LGBT community. I remember I remember, I this, I remember this unfolding on Twitter actually. Um she ultimately backed out of the role. Mm-hmm. Because of pressure from the LGBTQ yes. community. And this is the first thing that I read. And then I, I read another couple of articles about this very specific Film and role and Dante Gill Tex and I totally get why Scarlett played this as like I'm trying to be I'm just listening to people right and I'm going to do what they want and maybe that's totally whatever but it's not entirely altruistic so uh there was backlash. Scarlett ultimately backed out of the role, and I don't think the movie's going to be made. Um, I heard shit about it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. There, there was a quote that expressed a sentiment that I fully understand and was um, I wanted to bring up, and it's from Trace or Tracy Lissette, who has worked on Amazon's series Transparent mm-hmm. and who's trans. Who wrote, I wouldn't be as upset if I was getting in the same rooms as Jennifer Lawrence and Scarlett for cis roles, but we know that's not the case. Damn, that's all you need to say right yeah, there. That's yeah, right. that answers your question. That's right. <laughs> like, and what's her face that was in Boys Don't Cry? Hillary, Hillary Swank. Swank. Hillary Swank. Right. And that was in 1999, and I understand, like, 
There's she's been twenty plus years, then. and sure. she's like a big name actress who took this like very edgy and and like provocative role. And so many of those actors and actresses win awards. Oh yeah, for yes. Oh yeah, going Jared Leto. so far outside their yes. Box. Jared Leto winning a right. what did he win an Oscar for? Requiem? I think so. no, no, no. Uh, he, the Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, yeah, when he played yeah, a trans and woman. That was so. Ugh, it was that's, not, that's icky. Yeah, yeah. but that's it's icky. it's that's the thing is it's seen as this like. We need to praise them. Like, look at them. They're, they're, so so talented. they're so talented, so progressive. Right. Like, okay, yes, you're talented, but also, like, is it the biggest acting job in the world to play a trans person? So, yeah, until we're bowing down at the knees of trans people playing cis characters, fuck off. And why can't, like, why not a trans person playing a cis character getting the same recognition of, like, isn't this the best actor in the world? Can you believe they pulled they, this they off? They pulled off a cis person? <laughs> uh, oh I read God. a very, very, that very... That would be some shit. I read a very Here's great article. Here's your golden globe. <laughs> uh, we have to put it on our Bro. Patreon. It's about Dante Tex Gill. Dante Tex Gill. Um, I was fascinated because this guy was born in, like, 1930 and was a gangster. Okay. A fucking gangster, trans man. Damn. Apparently the Scarlet... Let's do a whole story on Dante Texkill. I think it's a very insane historical thing that I have no idea. Okay. The Wikipedia entry is completely bare. Mm. Of course. So... It's a deep cut. Gotta get to the library. It's a real deep cut. But Dante Gill was... Absolutely a, a trans man and lived a long life and was a gangster and like there's a mafia aspect and went to prison and etc. Um, but in the movie, Scarlett Johansson was going to play him as a very butch lesbian who had to fit into like a masculine mafioso like character. No, no, it's it's worse than G.I. Jane. And then, like, kind of erases his wife and kind of erases, like, all these things that don't need to be erased in the history of mm. Tex. Okay. Making a man. Coming soon, an episode about Dante Tex. Yeah, it was... Gill. Seriously, so Dante Tex Gill was a real person. A real who ass it sounds person. like we need to do some deep digging. I'm into excited who this for you to read was. what I read today. I would okay. love to read it. I'm excited. And we'll put future the episode. Episode. show notes. Yeah. Maybe a future episode. Yeah. Yes. That's all I have for the Umbrella Academy. I'd like to talk more about it with our fans, if we have any. I know we have one. <laughs> Hey, Bruce. Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Bruce, if you have any comments. I hope if you've watched The Umbrella Academy. <laughs> I'm going to do the who of the week right now. Um, who it up. Who it up. I wanna, so you want to end on boo? Yes, we want to end on boo. Because right. I have a mini boo that I'd like to say, and we can use it in the podcast or not. Okay. Um, but I want to try and hurry. So the who of the week is Sports Illustrated. <gasps> hey, uh, Sports 
my girl Megan. Not just Megan. Oh, shit. Not just Megan. Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue has a trans model on the cover for the first time. God damn, that's so cool. So how many different cover options? They have three. Uh, I think they're all women of color. Oh, that's cool. That is amazing. I saw that Megan Thee was the first rapper to ever be on the cover. God. Like, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. And I looked at every single picture that they posted. Oh, I know. So did I (laughs) a few times. Uh, But I didn't really realize that there were multiple cover, cover girls. Is that what you say? And I know that SI has had trans women featured in their issues in the past, but this is the first time that okay. a trans woman has been on the cover is okay. what you're saying, right? Yes. That's okay. what like I the swimsuit of the swimsuit. Yes. Edition. Yes. Okay. Uh, Lena Bloom is her name. Uh, Get it, Lena. She's 27 years old. Uh, one of the first trans women to walk the runway at Paris Fashion Week. Oh, wow. wow. That's awesome. First trans woman of color to star in a film at Cannes Film Festival. Damn. And the first trans woman to grace the pages of Vogue India. Wow. So, so she's a So she's a first on a lot of so counts. here's Lena Bloom. Wow. We'll, we'll yeah. send a link to the cover. She looks very nice. Very nice. She does. Yeah, we'll put this on our show notes if you want to check out Lena Bloom. A two-part who, because we want to shout out Megan the Stallion as well. We love Megan the Stallion. Oh, for God's sake. And we will <laughs> shout like her out. love is not a strong enough word. <laughs> <laughs> what What would be a better suited word? Obsessed. We, Alex and I might be slightly <laughs> obsessed with Megan the and I like it's just Megan the most it. of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Megan the. We don't yes. even need to Megan. say stallion. We just know Megan the. Like, that's our girl, M, Megan the. That's it. Capital M. Megan the is one word. Maybe Megan the will eventually want to interview on Tested Lavender Podcast. Oh my God. Can you even imagine? You wouldn't even be able to say anything. You just melt into the floor. Me Fuck and, you, Lindsay. <laughs> me and Kai would just be like barricaded in the beer room over there. And you two would be conducting the interview. Like, and we'd be what? like, um. <laughs> so you're doing music, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, hot girl shit, huh? It, hot girl shit. Real hot girl shit. <laughs> okay, so big my. Big booty, big old. <laughs> yeah. Body, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Oh my God. <laughs> So I'm like, so tell me the origins to. of these lyrics. Body, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. <laughs> I have one question for you. Get the Body, fuck yaddy, out of yaddy, here. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> All right. So here, can I, I'm going to do a mini boo. Mini boo. For our regular boo. Okay. Mini boo. Because um, this is from my notes and my research in uh, the Umbrella Academy and mostly just. Anyways, it's. Um, I found two different queer-based media publications that have not updated their articles for specifically for Umbrella Academy in regards to Elliot Page's dead name. Yeah, that's icky. Dead um, names are icky. And 
Uh, like the first one that I found, I sent to you guys. I'm like, this makes me feel weird, and I don't know if this is okay for this specific this. website yes. that we don't need to name. Um, but I understand that it was written before he came out as trans, and that's. I wonder what is there like a policy? On there's that? no policy. You just there's like, no policy. You just do what you can, and you would what hope you feel. that the author of the article would go back and make some edits, or just that the website it. in general would be like, "Hey, we're like a queer." media representation like Like, let's make sure that we're doing so either we take down that article or we update it or we just don't read those websites anymore okay so here's the other one and i'm also not going to name the name on the podcast so you should edit this out i'll edit it out i'll beep it (laughs) please i haven't beeped yet i don't know i i can try um that'd be great the second one okay so the second website was written Last August, the second article, but it was updated in May of 2021. However, not updated. Still not updated. That's extra yucky. If it's been updated and it's still dead naming him, would you like to know the website? Yeah, we can do it. Don't break my heart. No. I thought you would not like that. They I, let us down. They did it. They really did. On Elliot. It's yep. regarding Elliot. Yep, 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 yep. I feel and like it was updated in May. I feel yeah, like they you should need have to call fucking them out updated on that. it. We need to send them an email. Yeah, they need to be called out. They need to be That's called out. Fucked up. Um, yeah. I don't <sighs> think I took no I didn't I didn't um keep those web pages as resources because I didn't want to link to them, but yep. Icky. I don't feel good about that. Is that your mini boo? That's my mini boo. We can move on to the first. All right, let's go to the big boo. The big boo. Big booty, big old boo. (laughs) And I'm just going to kind of shout out the shit you should care about Instagram. Yeah, Because I'm going to just read this from them because I feel like they did a really good job of summing it up. But um, Alex and I have watched The Handmaid's Tale. I will not because I don't want to remind myself of it. And we watched it during the Trump administration, which made it extra spooky. It gave me a good outlet to be like, (laughs) it's all fake. Like, it's just a show. It's just a movie. Don't even worry. I'm sure. And then I'd turn it off and I'd be like. Cry in your bed. (laughs) Yeah, that feels really like not a good idea. um, You know, the United States of America is becoming a little more like. Handmaid's Tale in real life because the state of Texas has started to offer a $10,000 bounty, essentially, to people who turn in and are willing to sue anyone who was involved in helping someone get an abortion. I cannot even wrap my head around that. Like... It's one thing if the state of Texas decides that abortion isn't legal there, but like the people wanting to travel outside of the state or whatever, do we know if this law applies to them or is it just like physicians within the state? The potential list of targets for such lawsuits is kind of expansive. Uh, a pregnant person's doctor, 
and nurse can be sued or or turned in. So just if a pregnant person goes to a doctor and says, I want an abortion. And I assume they get abortion, an abortion, and then they so the doctor, go after the doctor the and or nurse. Like, okay, okay, never mind. Yeah, keep oh going. A therapist or pastor who offered moral support. <gasps> a partner who helped pay for the procedure. Oh oh, this is like so, such a witch hunt. A friend... Even an Uber driver who drove the patient oh to the clinic. God. How would what that person f- even know? They're just oh doing their job. God. It's one. Of, it's the first question that you ask whenever a pregnant person gets in your car. Are you getting an abortion today? Are you today? going to an abortion location? This feels... Yeah, that's really under ab- the absurd. New, this un- doesn't seem real. Under the new law, which a group of doctors, clergy, and clinic owners sued to block... So under the new law, any or all of these people could be taken to court by a stranger with no connection to the patient whatsoever and forced to pay a minimum of $10,000 plus legal fees for aiding and abetting an abortion. This feels like it's going to just encourage I feel like people it's- to like sneak around. No, like, it'll be all those protesters at the abortion clinics who take pictures of Uber drivers right, license plates them off. and say, this guy dropped off a pregnant person at the abortion center. So, Makes take him away. Sick. Although <sighs> abortion patients themselves cannot be sued under the Texas law, almost anyone close to them can be. But then there's... So, think a parent, an abusive significant other, or a healthcare provider. Is this well, really is this really going to pass all the way through? I think it did. Oh my god. So, it's like going to be in effect soon. So, quote, the state has put a bounty on the head of any person or entity who so much as gives a patient money for an abortion after 6 weeks of pregnancy before most people know they are pregnant. Worse, it will intimidate loved ones from providing support for fear of being sued. This is terrible. Get out of Texas. Please, God, get out Just of Texas. So Texas. abortion rights advocates and providers filed a lawsuit to block the law. Um, so I think it's in flux. But it sounded like it was very likely to be law. I just want to say fuck Texas. Fuck Texas. Boo Texas. This has been Toasted Lavender Podcast. Music by Cop Kid and art by Debbie Dixon. We're here. We're queer. And we're drinking beer. Cheers. had it and then I like I did something on my phone because I wrote something down earlier and I don't know if you guys have this problem but sometimes my thumb goes the wrong way and then weird (laughs) things happen like I think what just happened was something got archived oh I see so like swipe it away on my phone all like, the time and I wonder where this archive is. I've never been able to revisit it. It's just it. a black box. <laughs> yes. In the middle of Arizona. Like it's not deleted, but it's, it's not where you can find it. 
so Ugh. it might as well be. 